Come have a seat in the scald circle and hear the tale of the priest's supper, as told by Casimir. It is said by those who ought to understand such things that the good people, or the fairies, are some of the angels who were turned out of heaven and who landed on their feet in this world, while the rest of their companions, who had more sin to sink them, went further to a worse place. Be this as it may, there was a merry troop of the fairies dancing and playing all manner of wild pranks on a bright moonlight evening towards the end of September. The scene of their merriment was not far distant from a town in the west part of County Cork. A poor village, although it had a barrack of soldiers, but great mountains and barren rocks like those around it are enough to strike poverty into any place. However, as the fairies can have everything they want for wishing, poverty does not trouble them much and all their care is to seek out unfrequented nooks and places where it is not likely anyone will come to spoil their sport. On a nice green sod by the riverside were the little fellows dancing in a ring as gaily as may be, with the red caps wagging about as every bound in the moonshine. And so light were these bounds that lobs of dew, although they trembled under their feet, were not disturbed by their capering. Thus did they carry on their gambols and spinning round and round and twirling and bobbing and diving and going through all manner of figures, and until one of them chirped out, Cease, cease with your drumming. Here's an end to our murmuring. By my smell, I can tell. A priest this way is coming. And every one of the fairies scampered off as hard as they could, concealing themselves under the green leaves of Lushmore, where, if their little caps should happen to peep out, they would only look like its crimson bells and more hid themselves in the shady side to stones and brambles, and others under the banks of the river, and in holes and crannies of one kind or another. The fairy speaker was not mistaken, for along the road which was within view of the river came Father Hargan, on his pony, thinking to himself that, as it was so late, he would make an end of his journey at the first cabin he came to. According to his determination, he was stopped at the dwelling of Dermot Larry, lifting the latch, and entered, my blessings on all here. I need not say that Father Harrigan was a welcome guest wherever he went, for no man was more pious or better beloved in the country. Now it was a great trouble to Dermot that he had nothing to offer his reverence for supper as a relish to the potatoes which the old woman, for so Dermot called his wife, though she was not much past twenty, had down boiling in a pot over the fire. He thought of the net which he had set in the river, but as it had only been there a short time, the chances were against his finding a fish in it. No matter, thought Dermot. There can be no harm in stepping down to try, and maybe as I want fish for the pre-supper, that one will be there for me. Down to the riverside went Dermot, and he found in the net as fine a salmon as ever jumped in the bright waters of the spreading lee. But as he was going to take it out, the net was pulled from him. He could not tell how or by whom, and away got the salmon, and went swimming along the current as gaily as if nothing had happened. Dermot looked sorrowfully at the wake of the fish which had left upon the water, shining like a line of silver in the moonlight. And then, with an angry motion of his right hand and a stamp of his foot, gave vent to his feelings by muttering, May bitter bad luck attend you night and day for a black guard schemer of a salmon, wherever you go. You ought to be ashamed of yourself if there's any shame in you to give me the slip after this fashion. And I'm clear in my own mind you'll come to no good for some kind of evil thing or others helped you. Did I not feel it pull the net against me as strong as the devil himself? That's not true for you, said one of the little fairies who had scampered off at the approach of the priest, coming up to Dermot Leary with a whole throng of companions at his heels. There was only a dozen and a half of us pulling against you.
Dermot gazed at the tiny speaker with wonder, who continued. Make yourselves no ways uneasy about the priest's supper, for if you'll go back and ask him one question for us, there'll be as fine a supper as ever was put on a table spread out before him in less than no time. I'll have nothing at all to do with you, replied Dermot in a tone of determination. And after a pause, he added, I'm much obliged to you for your offer, sir, but I know better than to sell myself to you, or the like of you for a supper. And more than that, I know Father Harrigan has more regard for my soul than to wish me to pledge it forever out of regard to anything you could put before him. So there's an end to the matter. The little speaker with a pertinacity not to be repulsed by Dermot's matter continued. Will you ask the priest one civil question for us? Dermot considered for some time and he was right in doing so. But he thought that no one could come to harm out of asking a civil question. I see no objection to that same gentleman, said Dermot but I will have nothing in life to do with your supper, mind that. Then said the little speaking fairy, whilst the rest came crowding after him from all parts, Go and ask Father Harrigan to tell us whether our souls will be saved in the last day, like the souls of good Christians. And if you wish us well, bring back word what he says without delay. Away went Dermid to his cabin. There he found the potatoes thrown out on the table, and his good woman handing the biggest of all of them, a beautiful, laughing red apple, smoking like a hard-ridden horse on a frosty morning, over to Father Harrigan. Please, your reverence, said Dermot, after some hesitation, may I make bold to ask your honor one question? What may that be, said Father Harrigan? Why then, begging your reverence pardon for my freedom it is, if the souls of the good people are to be saved on the last day. Who bid you to ask that question, Leary? said the priest, fixing his eyes upon him very sternly, which Dermot could not stand before at all. I tell no lies about the matter, and nothing in my life but the truth, said Dermot. It was the good people themselves who sent me to ask the question, and there they are in the thousands down on the bank of the river, waiting for me to come back with the answer. Go back by all means, said the priest, and tell them, if they want to know, to come here to me themselves, and I'll answer that or any other questions they are pleased to ask with the greatest pleasure in life. Dermot accordingly returned to the fairies who came swarming round about him to hear what the priest had said in reply. And Dermot spoke out among them like a bold man as he was. And when they heard that they must go to the priest, away they fled, some here, more there, and some this way and more that way, whisking by poor Dermot so fast and in such numbers that he was quite bewildered. When he came to himself, which was not for a long time, back he went to his cabin and ate his dry potatoes along with Father Horrigan who made quite light of the thing, but Dermot could not help thinking. It was a mighty hard case that his reverence, whose word had such power to banish the fairies at such rate, should have no sort of relish to his supper, and that the fine salmon he had in the net should have gotten away in such a manner. And that is the story of the priest's supper. Thank you for hearing our tale. If you enjoyed it, please take a look at our Patreon page and learn how you can earn great rewards while also supporting us. A special thank you to Kat for the support this month. It means the world to us. Once again, thank you for listening to our story.